This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey all, welcome back to another episode of the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. Uh, today I'm looking at the drug metolazone, which the brand name of Zorox, which has a brand name of Zoroxalin. Now, I have covered uh, thiazide diuretics and thiazide-like diuretics in a general sense. Uh, there are a lot of clinical quirks and pearls with metolazone specifically that I really wanted to, to cover this drug specifically in a little more detail. Uh, so that classification, it is considered a, a thiazide-like, thiazide-similar uh, diuretic Um the primary indications where I see this used in clinical practice is, uh, number one, at least in my geriatric patient population, is in augmentation of fluid loss in patients experiencing symptoms in CHF. Okay, so that's augmentation in combination uh, with a loop diuretic, typically furosemide. Uh, as kind of an add-on therapy where uh, maybe we've escalated doses and the patient didn't uh, tolerate higher doses of a furosemide or we've gone up on doses and we you know don't want to go any higher so we want to add another uh, diuretic that maybe works uh, by a different mechanism of action now metolazone can be used for hypertension I I have seen it a, a few times, um, maybe more so in combination with CHF and, and fluid um, relief or relief of edema. Uh, so there, there are a couple other rare indications that you may see it for, um, but I would say by and large, I, I see it mostly used for uh, fluid uh, loss in CHF. Mechanistically, how this drug works is it blocks sodium reabsorption in distal tubules. Now, with that sodium loss, water, potassium, uh, potentially magnesium, uh, hydrogen ions, potentially all go with that out of the body and obviously out through the, the urine. So you can obviously postulate from that mechanism of action what you're going to see in adverse drug reactions. And uh, electrolyte abnormalities are definitely a big, big concern. Um, in clinical practice, I've definitely seen uh, profound potassium wasting when this medication is added on to a loop diuretic. So say you've got a, a patient that's maybe got a, a potassium of 3.4 to 3.8, and we've still got an excess of fluid, and we're looking to add another diuretic like Xeroxalan, you can definitely anticipate uh, upon initiating that drug that we might get to uh, low levels of potassium and dangerously low levels of potassium if they're kind of right in that lower um, borderline of, of normal there. So with that said, you've got to watch electrolytes closely um, when initiating and when changing this medication for sure. 
Uh, a couple other things with the loss of those electrolytes, so hypomagnesia can happen, uh, hyponatremia. Uh, I think of this as an additive effect. If a patient's taking other medications, that can cause that sodium loss. Uh, maybe through like SIADH, for example, your, um, you know, your SSRIs, your Tegretols, things of, of that nature. Definitely something to really look out for and get that baseline level before you start the medication and say, are they at risk for even lower levels or significantly low levels if we add on this drug? So uh, definitely keeping tabs on that. Uh, rarely there can be an alkalosis associated with this medication and again that kind of plays into the mechanism of sending hydrogen ions um, which excessive hydrogen can cause um, a, a state of acidosis so if we send out a lot of hydrogen ions we can potentially get the opposite effect of alkalosis. Uh, dosing of xeroxalin uh, the most common dose I see but again you know I work in geriatrics so so Folks tend to be a little bit more cautious there, um, 2.5 milligrams. And, I mean, I've seen it as low as, you know, one time a week. A drug does have a little bit longer duration of action, which, you know, maybe allows you to spread out that dosing. But uh, 2.5 once a day, um, even down to 2.5, you know, once a week or a couple times a week, I have seen uh, this medication dosed at. So, uh, again, kind of depends upon, you know, the risk of fluid retention and what that's causing for the patient um, compared to how much, you know, fluid you, you want to pull off and the risk uh, of over-aggression and the risk of dehydration, acute renal failure, and things of that nature, electrolyte imbalances as well, of course. Uh, so I did want to cover, you know, that risk for dehydration. You pull fluid off that's going to increase your risk of acute renal failure. That's something we always have to monitor pretty much with any diuretic. Uric acid is one more thing we should keep tabs on, particularly in our patients with gout. Uh, thiazides, thiazide like diuretics, can increase uric acid levels, so definitely keep uh, tabs on that. Now, metolazone is a little unique in the thiazide, thiazide-like diuretics, in that we may have a little bit more evidence that it works better in patients with poor renal function. Now, this is a little bit controversial. Um, I, I've spoke with cardiologists about this. I've asked them that question. And, you know, if you're using metolazone for something like hypertension and hydrochlorothiazide for something like hypertension, in theory, um, from maybe some of the evidence we have, metolazone could work a little bit better as that renal function is lower. Um, but there again, we can monitor patients clinically. Is this drug helping their blood pressure? Did their blood pressure drop when we started this medication? So uh, whenever we have controversial situations and questions whether medications work or they don't work, um, those are good times to uh, take a look at the patient individually and say, hey, is this medication actually working following starting or increasing a dose or you know whatever we're changing there? So um, keep tabs on, on those patients uh, in situations where we're not sure about the clinical efficacy of a specific uh, medication. Uh, so things we're going to monitor, the electrolytes I mentioned, uh, renal function I mentioned, 
fluid status. Obviously, we're going to look at that if we're managing edema, for example. Um, in patients with CHF, you know, we're obviously going to try to look at weights as well in part of that fluid status assessments. And if patients are losing too, too quickly, uh, that's obviously maybe indicative, okay, we're running off too much fluid. And if they're gaining weight, well, maybe the, the dose isn't high enough. Maybe we need to be more aggressive. Again, looking at the fluid status as well as the whole clinical picture of that patient. So let's take a quick break from our sponsor here, and I will finish up with drug interactions. If you're in the market for pharmacist board certification study material, such as pharmacotherapy, ambulatory care, medication therapy management, geriatrics, or the NAPLEX exam for students, definitely go check out meded101.com slash store. We've got great lists of resources there, uh, multiple programs with several uh, hours of um, videos, uh, quiz banks, handouts, all sorts of different stuff as comprehensive packages to help you prepare for your board exam. If you're looking for a book on clinical pearls, case studies, and just gaining a better comfort with medications, medication management, uh, I've had a lot of nurse practitioners, PAs reach out. Uh, definitely go check out our, our Amazon books, uh, such as Thrill the Case, Pharmacotherapy, uh, my latest drug interactions book, uh, definitely going to give you a lot more confidence in managing medications. So uh, go check out those resources. If you've never had an Audible book, um, you can also uh, get your first book for free on Audible. So go take advantage of that. Uh, some of the books I have are, are 8 to 10 hours in length there. So um, great opportunity to get some essentially free education and uh, check out audible.com as well. All right, so let's finish up on drug interactions. So uh, the first thing I think about is other diuretics because I have seen metolazone added on top of, uh, like I said, loop diuretics so many times. So we've got that potential for additive effects on electrolytes and also that risk for uh, dehydration and monitoring that kidney function. So very, very important to, to keep tabs on that. Uh, other medications that can be nephrotoxic, um, I keep those in mind as well. So, you know, NSAIDs, uh, ACE inhibitors, ARBs, those are all examples of medications that can potentially induce acute renal failure. And it can... Um, have that additive effect if you're using diuretics uh, with those those medications. Uh, binding interactions with a drug like uh, cholestyramine that can happen, not incredibly common, but obviously we'd look for reduced effects, reduced benefit, uh, lower drug concentrations with an interaction like that. Uh, calcium supplementation. So this is is one I, I didn't mention. I I don't believe I did in the um, electrolyte alterations. Mechanistically, uh, uniquely compared to loop diuretics, uh, metolazone works a little bit differently. And in its mechanism, it actually allows for the reabsorption of calcium. So you may see higher calcium levels in patients on metolazone. So what that means is, you know, keep tabs on calcium supplementation, vitamin D supplementation, and obviously those calcium levels. If you see those calcium levels uh, rising, uh, if you've got a patient that's maybe taking um, 
you know, super therapeutic doses of calcium for some reason, um, some odd supplements. Um, that could be a situation where we could have uh, some additive effects there. So definitely, again, what we're going to do uh, to handle that situation is just monitor um, calcium levels as well as all the other uh, electrolytes, of course, there. And then the last interaction that I, I wanted to, to cover was thinking about those gout medications and how metolazone could potentially go against what we're trying to do with a drug like allopurinol. So allopurinol, we're trying to bring down that uric acid. Metolazone could oppose that effect and potentially raise those uric acid levels. So I think that's going to wrap it up for today. Uh, if you want to follow the podcast and also get a free 31-page PDF, uh, go to reallifepharmacology.com, sign up. You'll get sent an email with the top 200 drugs and the most uh, important, at least from my perspective, clinical pearls that you're going to see with those top 200 drugs. So great resource if you're a you know nursing student, pharmacy student, med student, young healthcare professional, just to get a sense of you know some of the most important things uh, with the top 200 drugs and things you should look out for. Uh, if you enjoyed the podcast today, definitely go leave us a rating, review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. It's greatly appreciated. Uh, share us on, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, whatever social media platform you, you use. Definitely uh, share this podcast with your uh, healthcare and, and medication-loving friends. Uh, shoot out an email to your class, um, professors, whoever, uh, if you find this information valuable, helpful uh, in your preparation in becoming a better uh, healthcare professional. You can track me down at reallifepharmacology.com, hit the contact button. Um, maybe a, a better way is LinkedIn. I'm fairly active on that social media platform, so you can connect with me there. And, uh, of course, meded101.com, you can connect as well uh, when you're checking out uh, the resources there at meded101.com slash store. I'm going to sign off for today. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I uh, hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.